five hours, President Biden was in the Ukrainian capital of Kiev on Monday. Like Trump, Obama, and Bush, it was a risky visit to a war zone. But Biden's visit was different. There were no troops to see, though a statement was made. the free world snuck into the war-torn capital of Ukraine. The trip started early Sunday morning. Air Force One wasn't used to avoid attention. The president disappeared from the White House and turned up in Eastern Europe 20 hours later. Moscow was notified of the trip to avoid trouble, but Vladimir Putin didn't let the visit go unnoticed. Tuesday, the Russian leader announced that he would suspend the last remaining nuclear arms treaty with the U.S. The START Pact limited the number of nuclear weapons. Threats are all around us. Escalating war, new offensives. But the real story is in the spiritual realm. Christ is at work, even in the middle of a war. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called Giving Hope in Ukraine. This week, we're remembering the invasion of Ukraine. It happened one year ago this week. And so many lives have been affected by this war. For a moment, I'd like you to set aside the political and governmental parts of this battle and just look at what's happening through the eyes of Jesus. There are people in Ukraine, as well as in Russia, who are suffering. In fact, there are people all over Eastern Europe who are greatly affected by this war. And it is a war. There are tanks and bombs and explosions and people are dying. Many have had their bodies and minds affected in a way that they'll live with the rest of their lives. But in the middle of this great trial, there are Christians, Ukrainian Christians, Russian Christians, Polish Christians, and so on, who are on the ground, sharing the gospel, handing out food, seeking to help those in need. One of those is my brother, Viktor Arktirov, who works for Far East Broadcasting Company. He is Russian, he loves Jesus, and he's in the capital of Ukraine right now. Viktor, can you share with us how many people are responding to your radio broadcasts and how many have contacted you in the last year as you proclaim the gospel there in Ukraine? Charles, we were actually uh, spending some time, a few hours, trying to analyze uh, how many people called us, uh, what kind of questions they had in these past 12 months since the invasion started. Uh, we have more than 100,000 responses. That's a lot. That's a lot to handle. And uh, as we were analyzing what kind of questions people have, uh, people are open to the gospel. People are open to talk about spiritual things. And uh, this is this is good. This is exciting. As, as we are sharing the gospel with the people on the radio, on social media, uh, then they call us and we discuss matters even more deeply, more personally, and uh, so many of them are becoming Christians. And uh, we don't just call them to repentance, uh, we make sure that we connect them to local churches. And that's what we are trying to do. We are serving the Church of Ukraine and um, bring uh, these new converts to the uh, churches and talking with pastors. And it is a very, very exciting time very difficult time as well. So thank you for, for praying for us. 
My friend Victor with FEBC speaking to me yesterday from Kiev, Ukraine. I'm so thankful that he could be on with us on Haven Today. And I'd like to give you an opportunity to help families in Ukraine right now. We're working with Mission Eurasia, which works with hundreds of churches in the region. And churches are the best conduit to get help on the ground quickly. Every $50 you send will feed a family of five for a week. Plus, every box contains the Word of God in their language. Feeding bodies, feeding souls. And remember, not a dime for Haven. What you give for Ukraine goes entirely for Ukraine through Mission Eurasia. And we'll ask when you call or go to our website, How Much for Ukraine, How Much for Haven Today. And we'll honor your request. Just go to haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or call us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Now, let's open with a song that was released a year ago in Ukraine. It was written by two seminary graduates. It won a national award for best worship song before the invasion. The opening lyrics say, He is the one who lifts up and surrounds with peace. His love is great. I will hold on to him. share some of them in English. His hand is with me. He's near. Here, I know. I feel in my heart. I pray to him. He warms with love and wipes away tears. Loyal friend forever. His name is Jesus. I will sing, I will sing, I will sing to the risen king. And that's what we're doing on this haven today called Giving Hope in Ukraine. Worshiping our king because we know he is sovereign. He is in control. And he is good. Now, I want to go back to a message I shared a year ago when I was in Poland, right on the border with Ukraine as the war broke out. I think it's important for you to capture what I was feeling and how the Lord was ministering to me when I was there. I'm Charles Morris. We've been on the ground in Poland since late Friday night, first in Warsaw, 
now Krakow. And even in these few days, I've seen and heard things that I'll never be able to forget. And some of them I will probably want to forget. Seeing refugees streaming into Poland from Ukraine. A million and a half have left the country so far. A million just here in Poland. Millions more on their way. I can say I've never seen anything like this. And once you see it, you realize the only thing you can do is pray. But we need to pray boldly. And that's what I've been doing. And our team that's with me, won't you join me? As the war was just beginning, Yaakov Dov Blesh, the chief rabbi in Kiev, invited all Jews and the Christians and every Ukrainian who didn't even believe in the Bible to read Psalm 31 and pray it. And you know, that's a wonderful passage to start with when we're thinking about praying boldly. After all, it's an inspired prayer. Thousands of years ago, the Holy Spirit moved King David to write it. Maybe you have the same problem I do. Sometimes I read something in the Bible, especially the Psalms, and I think I can't talk to God like that. I can't be that honest and direct and bold with my Creator and the sustainer of the entire universe. But maybe, just maybe, we've lost something when we start to think like that. Maybe we've decided that we are more holy than God, and that's a terrible thing, isn't it? But God tells us to pray boldly to him, and we need to listen. After all, who better to teach us how to pray boldly to God than God himself? So, listen to the first couple of verses of Psalm 31. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. I think we've all probably prayed prayers like that. I certainly have. But very few of us have been in the same sort of situation that David was in when he wrote it. Now, he doesn't tell us exactly when or where he wrote it. That isn't in the Bible, but you and I can put together the clues. He was in trouble. He asked God to be his refuge, and he used war language. David must have been dealing with some sort of war or battle. It could have been the Philistines or maybe his son Absalom. We're not sure, but we do know that in his time of need, as the sounds and the sights of war were raging all around him, David Turn to the Lord in prayer. So let me ask you a question. Did you ever, in your wildest imagination, think we would ever see another war like this in Europe? Did you imagine we would see another army roll in with tanks and rifles and planes and missiles? Well, I didn't. The last big war here ended in 1945. I wasn't born then, and most of our listeners weren't born then yet, but here we are, just the same. Just like that tour guide was telling me at Auschwitz, the German concentration camp, where the most people were killed in a death camp of the entire World War II, and it's just outside the city where I am right now, where the most refugees are coming in from Ukraine. How many people in Ukraine right now are in the same position David was? Millions, millions. It makes you feel helpless, doesn't it? No matter what we do, you and I can't make this war end. We can't send the Russian soldiers packing, 
send them back home ourselves. But we can pray, and we can pray boldly. Not the little prayers we're used to, blessings over dinner, asking God to heal us from our head cold. I don't mean to say that those prayers are not important, but now we're talking about something far greater than most of us have experienced in our lives. And the Bible gives us example after example of God's people praying boldly. You know, I wonder if this is a human thing or a modern thing. Let me explain. If it's a human thing, then maybe it's a symptom of our sinfulness. Maybe we don't think that this great God we worship is really as trustworthy as he says he is. And if it's a modern thing, then maybe we are so surrounded by people who don't think prayer works that we've become a little sheepish about praying boldly. The more I think about it, the more I'm convinced it's a little of both. We're sinful humans, so we aren't sure we can really trust our Lord. And we're modern people, so we aren't completely sure that God will answer big prayers. But what did David do? He prayed boldly because he knew the Lord is strong enough to do something about his situation, and he's also good enough to care. So the king of Israel said these words, I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life, but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. Well, terror on every side. It's difficult to think of more fitting words for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters in Christ. Everywhere they look, there is fear, there's pain, and there's loss. But what are they to do? What refuge do they have? And where should we turn as we're confronted by these shocking images on TV screens? Well, this psalm points ahead to something wonderful. Maybe some of these verses sound familiar to you, or maybe not, but I know you'll remember verse 5. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. You know, I pray that the chief rabbi in Kiev reads this psalm and remembers that Jesus said this on the cross. I pray that the Holy Spirit opens his eyes and shows him that Jesus is the Messiah the anointed one, that this psalm was always pointing ahead to the one who came to save his people from their sins. That is a bold prayer, that God would save a sinner like you and me. But he does it all the time and all over the world because he's a big God. We can't put our Lord in a box. He won't fit. The cross The greatest injustice in the history of the world led to the greatest blessing for millions upon millions of people. That's what God did. And it's the same God who hears our prayers today. He hears you. Everyone who has repented of his or her sins and trusted in Jesus Christ has direct access to God. The curtain in the temple torn in two, top to bottom, maybe what we need today is more of a realization that we can go directly to the Lord of all the universe and plead with him boldly for his help. And we can do so because we go to him as his children. And maybe, just maybe, one day, weeks, months, maybe even years from now, a generation of Christians from Ukraine will be able to say Psalm 31:21 and mean it 
just as literally as King David did. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. Job on the throne on a haven today 
called Giving Hope in Ukraine. I'm Charles Morris. Just before that song, you heard a message that I gave on the radio there on the Ukrainian border almost one year ago. Sadly, not much has changed in that year, but there are many Christians there seeking to help share the gospel. Back with us from Kiev is Viktor Aturov. He's a Russian by birth, yet he's in charge of ministering the gospel over the airwaves for Far East Broadcasting Company in Eastern Europe. Victor, I'm sure it's not easy for your team there in Ukraine. How are you encouraging them in this war zone, and how can we be praying for them? Charles, I appreciate you asking this question. As a broadcaster yourself, you know how difficult it can be uh, trying to inspire people when you are going through difficult times. We just spent a couple evenings uh, together with the team just talking about life, talking about our lives, uh, just going deep into the night, having Ukrainian tea and and, uh, some cake and talking about what's bothering them. And I can tell you one thing, uh, our people need your people's prayers. They do. Uh, It is by your prayers, by the power of God, who is answering your prayers and the prayers of your listeners that we are sustained, that we are able to bring the gospel of hope to uh, so many Ukrainians today. You know, as we were talking, uh, our team is young. Most of us are under 40 years old and uh, people who are sharing the gospel, they understand this is not them doing something special, something great, as they see so many people responding. They understand this is God using them, and they so appreciate your prayers. Together we can do one thing well as as radio people, people who love radio, people who listen to the radio, uh, people who are prayer warriors. We can bring so many people into the kingdom by his power. Thank you so much. Speaking to us from Kiev, Ukraine, Victor with Far East Broadcasting. Thanks again for joining me on the program. Let's take a moment to pray for Victor and his team and all of those like Mission Eurasia who are ministering in Ukraine right now. Lord, the world is divided. So many different viewpoints. And yet, Lord, Christians are there Christians are dying, and those who have not been injured, who have not died, are sharing the gospel, and sharing as the hands and feet of Jesus relief supplies that they've been given to share. Lord, may we lay aside all differences, and may we help reach out in the name of Jesus. And even though it's a war, even though there's great trouble, may we see great gospel fruit born. I want to pray this now for all of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, you've been listening to how the need is so great in Ukraine. It's the greatest crisis in Europe since World War II. Will you join me in praying boldly, but also in giving boldly? We're wiring funds directly to Mission Eurasia, which has been on the ground for a year now, providing food and support for Ukrainian families impacted by this war. Every $50 you send feeds a family of five for a week. How many families is the Lord calling you to feed? 
I asked Sergei Rakuba, he's the head of Mission Eurasia. He's a native of Ukraine, but he's lived in Russia. I asked him to explain what's in every box. So this box is filled with food that will sustain a life of four to five people, a family of four or five people for at least one week or even more. What goes in this box, we have grain, we have buckwheat, we have rice, uh, we have uh, two bottles of oil, uh, we have sugar, macaroni, uh, we have uh, canned meat, you know, and other protein items, spaghetti. And we have some sweets or cookies, you know, for children, if they're children in the family. And there are about 24, 25 pounds of food that fit in this box. On top of this, you know, we add a copy of scripture. Either it's a New Testament, nicely designed in a Ukrainian design, looks very attractive. And we also add a copy of children's Bible. If there are children in that family, that's what this uh, eye care box uh, contains. You know, So food uh, for body and food for their souls. $50 feeds a family of five. And it also includes the Word of God. And remember, not a dime for haven. We don't take out administrative fees. What you give to Ukraine goes to Ukraine. We'll ask you clearly how much for Ukraine and how much for Haven today. And here's our phone number. Would you pray? And then call us right away. Our number to call is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can come to our website. Watch the video that we've been posting there on our website. Haventoday.org. Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll be broadcasting the good news, the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Quorum Deo is an old Latin phrase meaning before the face of God. For many, it teaches the idea that the Christian's life is never a life lived alone. We're always before the Lord's eyes. In fact, as Christ reminds us in Matthew 28, he's always with us. But what we find in the Lord's face is more important than knowing that he's always present. We find his eternal smile, not his frown. Zephaniah, an old prophet, tells us that in salvation the Lord rejoices over us with singing. He's smiling over us with song, not because we never give him reason to frown, we do, but because Christ for us has given him every reason to smile. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.